1: Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Hello, you are listening to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we are reviewing Fast 9, as well as cover off all the latest movie and trailer news. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Timmy Fland, movie buff.
3: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist.
2: And we love to talk all things movies. And this time, fam, we're talking the Fast and Furious
3: Nine. F9 is the ninth chapter in the Fast and Furious saga. Funny about that, isn't it, F9? (laughs) In this installment, Dom Toretto is enjoying the quiet life off the grid with Letty and son Brian. When he's confronted by threats from his past As Dom and his team are pulled back into the fold They find themselves up against Skill driver and assassin Jacob Who also happens to be Dom's younger brother
2: Insert plot twist be. here Dom, dom, dom. So the film is directed by Justin Lin, who has directed quite a few of Mm. the Fast and Furious installments. He first started with Tokyo Drift, uh, Mm -hmm. the third one in the series, and and a few since then, with a screenplay by Daniel Casey and Justin Lin, and a story by Casey Lin and Alfredo Botello.
3: The movie, of course, stars a cast of thousands, Mm. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson... Chris Ludacris Bridges, Natalie Emanuel, John Cena and Sung Kang with Helen Mirren, Charlize Theron and Kurt Russell.
2: Now, I think it's actually pronounced John Cena. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just so you know.
3: Mm. So now in this film, Tim, Mm. uh, flashbacks bring to life Dom's past and the death of his father. He's talked about some of this before in the films, but we've never seen it unfold. And and he's never talked about a brother. So this is a huge surprise. And I think the shock on everyone's faces was quite laughable, wasn't it?
2: Uh, It was a little bit. I mean, when you're nine movies into a series and you're (laughs) – And you're only just learning that the title character has a brother, but he also has a sister that's in the series and she's never spoken about him either. So it's kind of like, let's just uh, take that with a grain of salt and go for the ride. But I quite liked how this film opened up with the old Universal logo. I think when we watched this together, I was like, oh, Mm. They're playing the old Universal logo, which is just me nerding mm. out, getting excited. And obviously that was setting up that they were kicking off the film in 1989 yeah. uh, with the flashback where you uh, meet a young Dom, a young Jacob, his brother, and mm-hmm. then their father on the, on the track. And can I just say one thing about these these flashbacks? Mm. Thank God that they didn't de-age Vin Diesel and John Cena, that they actually cast younger actors. Yeah,
3: look, okay, I found it hard to gel with the younger actors though. I mean, I thought, is Vin Diesel and John Cena really old enough to not be playing younger versions of themselves? But they're so bulked out it just would not have worked would it
2: okay look obviously this isn't the movie where you pull it apart (laughs) uh and i'm going to really refrain from that lee i do promise because this film is a fucking ride and you just go with it we'll get we'll get into that but john cena's character jacob is his younger self
3: played by finn cole quite short and I'm like, did he have, like, a
2: growth spurt at, like, 20 that, like, is just not normal yeah. in how we grow as human beings? I, yeah. They didn't quite look like their older selves, well, but anyway.
3: no, I was going to say, I found it hard to gel with the young Dom, who's played by Vinnie Bennett in mm. particular. But I actually thought that young Jacob, who's played by Finn Cole, did a pretty good job in terms of acting and facial features. I think it was a good casting choice.
2: Yeah. No, I I do. I do agree. <laughs> just a little on the short side. Okay.
3: <laughs> So, one thing also that I want to pull out, like, as you said, there's, mm. there's no point pulling out too much in this story because it's ridiculous. You'll but have to indulge us from time to yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Listeners. But toddler Brian, you know, uh, Dom's son, is a huge plot hole in this series because it just doesn't make sense. He was supposedly conceived in Fast and Furious 6. Okay. Okay. He was discovered as a baby, like a, a newborn baby in The Fate of the Furious, which was number eight. So that's two movies later. And then now he's barely a toddler or maybe like four or five in this movie. Like it just doesn't work.
2: You've really gone (laughs) down. He
3: should be a teenager.
2: He should be a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone down that rabbit hole and I do appreciate you doing that. That is a concern and an issue and and confusing, especially that he's like, he's barely two in the movie, I would say.
3: No, I I'd Three? say like four or five. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: All right, fair enough. I just clearly can't tell the age of children. He can children. get himself
3: to a little hidey hole and lock himself in. He's, That's true. Yeah, yeah, He's a okay. pretty clever guy. I want to pull out one line in this film, okay, mm-hmm. which just completely sums up the whole thing and how it doesn't really take itself seriously. So, Tedge played by Ludacris, uh, says in the film, how in the hell are you not dead?
2: <laughs> I've got that written down yeah. too. Yeah.
3: And I just think it encapsulated this movie so well. I enjoyed that this movie poked a little fun of itself in that respect.
2: It's incredibly self-aware. Yeah. And the fact that they literally made that line part of an ongoing funny subplot. Yeah. It wasn't just a throwaway line that a couple of the characters talk about. They continually revisit it. And- particularly his character and uh, Tyrese Gibson's character, they go to insane places. And so, like, it, it just makes sense that that is the kind of the core of their mini subplot story arc that that, yeah. that plays out over the life of this ninth film.
3: Like they can't believe that they're invincible. Because, like,
2: let's be honest, they all are fucking invincible. <laughs> Yeah, true. Oh my God.
3: You don't need to have seen all the other films in this franchise. I haven't seen all of them. Mm. I will put my hand up and admit that mm. because there is so much damn exposition in this script. Yeah. That's one thing that, irritated me a little bit, although it did still leave me with some questions.
2: Yes. I mean, I appreciated the exposition because I'm a little bit out of the circle because mm. I haven't seen every single film in, in, in this franchise. So I was like, okay, cool. Thank you for explaining that for a little of me over here, not knowing what's going on without it.
3: But when they get to the point where they're uh, explaining that uh, a father and a child share the same DNA, it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How did I miss that? I don't know. Oh, God, that is hilarious. And uh,
3: One thing I didn't understand, okay, mm. is the spoilers that the film's promotion throws out there. Like, yeah. it's not really a spoiler to say that Han, you know, Sung Kang has returned because he's in all the promotional material. Yes. Like, he's there. How and why he returns is a big secret. Yeah. But it was like in the movie, the mere fact that he's returned was huge.
2: Yeah, but you weren't- But you knew. But you weren't getting that reaction as an audience because- no. Yeah, you already knew. You almost felt like you wanted to tell the, the characters to like just chill a little bit. <laughs> but only because we come with the perspective that we've known for over a year because Fast 9 was delayed. It was meant to come out yeah. April 2020, but COVID yada yada.
3: Well, no, no. So
2: we've known for a while, haven't we?
3: Well, yeah, but it was also meant to come out before then, but then Hobbs and Shaw- <gasps> Threw it off.
2: Yeah, you're right. Mm.
3: Dwayne Johnson threw a spanner in Vin Diesel's works. Yeah, he
2: did. (laughs) Literally. Is that a car racing pun that you just, yeah, love
3: that. (laughs) Thank you so much. So how does this movie stack up in the franchise, okay? Mm. In terms of opening weekend, let's look at it this way, and F9 hasn't opened in the US yet and we don't have the Australian numbers yet. Mm. It's only open in the Middle East and Asia at this stage, but this one has already taken more than 270 Million dollars US. No other fast saga film has broken the hundred million barrier in its opening weekend besides Furious Seven in 2015, and that was 147 million. And that also was because Paul Walker had just died, and people wanted to rush out and see this film. So, in terms of that, it's incredibly successful. People really want to see this movie,
2: they really do. The franchise has made not including the uh, receipts that are being counted for the ninth installment, but over five billion dollars. Across the eight films. Yeah. Like it's huge. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to keep churning these out. Mm. These films, how it stacks up within the context of the Fast franchise, they just keep getting bigger and (laughs) bigger.
3: Yeah, when you think about it, the first film started with them stealing DVD players. (laughs) Oh, my God. And now look at it. They're going to fucking space. They're
2: going to goddamn space, everybody. Yeah. Madness. But in terms of how I think they're – they chose to do something a little bit different here. Mm. You know, Dom is forced to confront some painful memories, you know, with the return of his mm. estranged brother that, you know, we no one knew anything mm. about. And they do spend a lot of time setting that up, revisiting it over the life of the film. Yeah, uh, As you said, there's heaps of exposition in this movie. And I actually think that it is somewhat a welcome addition to kind of getting to know these characters a bit deeper, albeit mm. nine movies in. <laughs>
3: Yeah, they really beat you over the head with that family thread though. You think by this point we understand the movie is about family.
2: Can I just say, I I lost count how many times they said the word family and I actually reckon, (laughs) do you know what? We should come up with our first popcorn podcast drinking game because you should do a shot every Mm. time they say the word family watching this movie and you get... Off your tits.
3: Yeah. And speaking of family, there's a cast of thousands in this film, as I said, Mm. not literally, but there's so many people in it. I wonder, does a casting director work on commission for these
2: films? (laughs) Very very valid question. And
3: I actually think it makes it impossible to focus on anyone's emotional arc. I mean, Mm. Letty actually had a really strong character arc in this film and what she was struggling with, living the quiet life. It's just not her. Yeah. But we never got to dive into that deep enough.
2: Yeah, I know. It's quite a shame that, They're they're still struggling to find that balance amongst all these characters. Mm. Again, nine movies into a franchise. like You should be able to know these characters intimately. And they're only really surface characters, Mm. aren't they?
3: And you get a ton of cameos. So many. I won't begrudge them Helen Mirren, though, because she's badass.
2: I can't get enough of her.
3: Queenie (laughs) driving through the streets of London being chased by the police is fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And when the music gets pumping and the engines are revving, you you can almost smell the oil and petrol, can't you? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you can. It's crazy. But at two hours and 25 minutes long, it's maybe too long? Yeah. What is this trend with movies getting longer and longer?
2: You cannot release a movie under two hours these days. And I hate that. Mm. It's
3: not necessary most of the time. Well, I mean, there
2: are films, and I'm literally just throwing this in there, like The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like there are films that beg a long run time because they're so rich in yeah. the stories and the characters and the world building. Yeah. They have a place. I agree. Yeah. There's exceptions. But, yeah, yeah, there's exceptions.
3: But it's becoming the norm. I
2: agree. Yeah, it is. And, and I don't love it. No, neither do <laughs> I. It's a bit much.
3: <laughs> One thing I was annoyed about in terms of characters and cameos mm. is that Charlize Theron returns as Cypher, yeah. but I think is completely underutilised in this film.
2: I found her positioning quite uncomfortable. Mm. She was like forcing the profile view and she was very mysterious and stern and like she's Mm. a beautiful, beautiful woman yeah, and she's a great actress but I almost found her, and this is a really weird statement to say, like a little bit comical, a little bit too Mm. much, a little bit overzealous. She was very full on in her delivery of lines. She was really intense, yeah.
3: But also you put Charlize Theron in a film like this and she's not involved in any of the action.
2: Mm. What? I know.
3: She's an incredible action star. Yeah, she is. Give her something to do.
2: Eon Flux yeah. was a great piece for her to show what she's capable of physically. And, you know, it's a shame that they don't tap into that yeah. in this movie. I agree. Do we want to talk about the trio that really makes this film? It's the action, it's the effects, mm. and it's like the exotic locations yeah. that they go to. That's
3: what people come to these films for.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: And it's straight into the action in this film. Immediately. Yeah. But nobody's a very good shot, are they?
2: Oh, my God. I've got that here. <laughs> I've got that written down as well. Why are bad guys such bad shots? (laughs) I I cannot... And it's not exclusive to this film or this franchise. It is literally every motherfucking action movie out there. And they've
3: got a machine gun. And you think if you just do a wide sweep of the area, you'll you'll definitely hit something. You will. But no, they don't.
2: Uh, It's very frustrating. But again, one of those things that you suspend belief. Yeah, exactly. uh, Because otherwise, every single character in this film would be dead
3: we have to talk about the elephant in the room yeah what's that or the tank in the room i should say (laughs) which is that they go to space yes
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can't
3: reveal details about that but oh my god (laughs) it's
2: brilliant it is actually brilliant you think so i loved it in a terrible
3: way you're not being ironic
2: no like it's it's so bad it's good right right Right. (laughs) because just the way that it happens how they shoot it and I just love the reaction of the audience in the screening that we went to, the Sydney premiere. Yeah. And I just thought, this is just everything it needs to be. Yeah. Because, like, when you're going to send these people to space, you can't lean on, dare I say, physics. And or shit,
3: realism. Like, no. Realism at <laughs> all.
2: So they just went, you know what, let's have some fun. And I think that's what they delivered. Did yeah. You, what did you think? Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. fun. Yeah. yeah.
3: Far out. I think, actually, in that sequence when they're in space Mm. Tej says something like and this isn't word for word but math and physics don't lie (laughs) but uh they do in these movies
2: (laughs) (laughs) they do they lie they lie to you don't be fooled I want to talk about the incredible camera work yeah and the work of the stunt people Mm -hmm. and how much they achieve in camera which is just astonishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there's a lot of effects that, you know, support that. Yeah. Uh, and things go off the rails, probably in the back half of the film. But, you know, they're outrageous, but they're so incredible to mm. watch.
3: They're always driving at ridiculous speeds on the narrowest cliff roads, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. There's always a scene like that in every one of these movies.
2: I mean, there was one where the camera pans up and you can see the, the wheel. It just ruffles right on the edge and the rocks fall down. And it's kind of like, that's really fucking close. <laughs> yeah, and they're, yeah. They're, and they're going like 40 miles an hour there. But
3: I've got to wonder, with all the cars being destroyed in this film, what is the car budget on these movies? Like overall, it's something like a $200 million budget mm. overall, mm. huge amount. Yeah, Most of that would be on cars.
2: A lot of it would be on cars. And it's not just to get them in, in there and do cool stuff. They're mm. destroying them, like you said.
3: There's a sequence where Helen Mirren is coming out of this event in London and they've... Shown off these range of cars parked on the side of the street, which mm. are all you know specifically put there. There's about eight of them or something. High class, high performance cars. Yeah, and the budget just for that alone was almost two million dollars.
2: Wow, just, that is and gross. That's, that's
3: not even <laughs> including the ones that they blow up and yeah. like. And there's a lot of them.
2: Well, I always think about the car chase scene in in Edinburgh, mm. which is just amazing. But a far lot out, of shit gets destroyed. A lot of shit gets destroyed. They are things, though, right? that you can only do once. Yeah. They've only got one shot to get some of these things. You can't reset and like panel beat these cars (laughs) back into any form of existence after the shit they do with it. Like they've got one shot. And that's what I admire about these films uh, more than anything.
3: It is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I will yeah. agree to that. And it's also really impressive to see John Cena and Vin Diesel going at it. I was actually really into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That was brutal. There. Not only does the action go to incredible places on the streets, on the road, mm. but it's the hand-to-hand combat. And there's yeah. one one moment in this movie. I know you will love this as yes, well. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it, it was the all-female. Yes. Hand to hand combat stuff. Yeah, oh.
3: Letty, Mia, and a new character that's in this film, L.
2: Yeah, oh, I love that. And you know, it's the first time that they have done a scene like that in this franchise, where it's yeah. all the females, you know, doing a fight scene together. There's always a male presence. Yeah. That just yeah, they fucked that off this time and gave the the women, you know, the time and the space that they needed yeah. to show them what what they've got.
3: I love that they got uh, Mia in particular off the bench. Jordana Brewster.
2: Yes. I was actually really surprised by that.
3: Well, she is, in the earlier films, she knows her stuff. Like, she can take care of herself. Yeah, fair. And in sort of the middle films, she went off to have a family with Mm. Brian, Paul Walker's character, and kind of calmed down a bit, I guess. Settled in a little bit, but now she's back to her
2: roots. I love it. I love to see it.
3: Mm. Shall we wrap up F9, Tim?
2: I cannot wait to wrap this bad boy up. So... F9 is it fast is it furious do you even need to ask this movie delivers on everything fans of the franchise have grown to expect and of course demand huge action insane stunts big stakes and as much family as you can poke a stick at of course it goes off the rails but the front half of the film for me was a welcome surprise at how well put together it was. This movie is fun incarnate and should only be served on the biggest screen you can find. I am weirdly going to rate F9 three popcorn kernels.
3: Okay, yeah. Well, F9 pulls a lot of threads together from previous movies in an attempt to rectify loose story ends. I think it's an overly complicated attempt that isn't terribly effective and isn't necessary, really, because as with previous movies in this franchise, nobody much cares about the story. (laughs) It's all about those epic car stunts and fast driving and pumping music, not to mention enjoying the banter and chemistry between the cast of thousands, as I said. It's got everything fans want and love about the franchise, so they won't be disappointed but it doesn't stack up as well as some of the previous films, so I'm going to give it two and a half popcorn kernels.
2: There we go, guys. Fast 9 is in Australian cinemas right now, so go check it out. Now, Lee, before we jump into movie news, we just want to remind you that we have a giveaway still running on our social pages. So it's uh, to win tickets to see herself, which tells the story of Sandra, a young mother living in Ireland who seeks to rebuild her life and provide a safe home for her two daughters against seemingly insurmountable odds
3: your chance to win one of five double passes to see this inspirational film in Australian cinemas from July 1st, with thanks to Madman Entertainment, make sure you like our Instagram or Facebook page and answer this question in the comments of the giveaway post, Where Is Herself? set now peter jackson's beatles documentary get back will now release exclusively on disney plus tim and has become a three part 6 hour docu series give me a gimme
2: are you surprised no. that a project that peter jackson's working on <laughs> now goes for 3 days no <laughs> Uh, Because of the wealth of tremendous footage Peter Jackson has reviewed, which he has spent the past three years restoring and editing, The Beatles' Get Back will be presented as three separate episodes, rolling out over three days, which is a unique strategy here Mm. uh, on November 25th, 6th and 7th of this year.
3: He doesn't do anything by halves, does he? He does not. Warner Brothers has announced The Lord of the Rings, The War of Rohirrim which is going to be an anime feature set hundreds of years before the Fellowship of the Ring that will tell the untold story of Helm's Deep and the King of Rohan, Helm Hammerhand.
2: I'm really excited. This
3: is a really interesting way to further the franchise, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really
2: intrigued in the decision to bring anime into the fold mm. of this franchise and telling it through through that kind of animation. And I love, I love the idea, yeah. so I'm really excited. We'll see what happens. Now, Greenland Migration has been announced as the title for the sequel to the 2021 (laughs) film Greenland. Uh, Our review is available for you to listen to if if you feel the need. Stars Jared Butler and Marina Baccarin will reprise their roles with director Rick Roman and screenwriter Chris Sparling also returning.
3: It's a continuation of the story about the Garrity family who survive a near extinction level event when an interstellar comet hits Earth. And now they must leave the safety of the Greenland bunker and embark on a perilous journey across the decimated, frozen wasteland of Europe to find a new home.
2: The sequel, no one asked for.
3: No, but it makes sense with the way they ended the first film, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does.
3: I really didn't expect a sequel though.
2: No, I didn't expect it, but here we are. Greenland migration, Mm -hmm. watch this space. Mm
3: Now, I am so excited for this news, Tim. This is huge for the local economy. Russell Crowe will co-fund a new movie studio in Coffs Harbour in conjunction with the New South Wales government. This is massive. It's
2: awesome. It's so, so cool. Love it, Rusty. So Pacific Bay Resort Studios and Village on the New South Wales and Mid Coast will be the first fully integrated feature film production and post-production complex in Australia, merging advanced virtual studios and sound stages with accommodation and lifestyle facilities facilities all located on 100 coastal resort acres.
3: That's the real point of difference, isn't it? Accommodation Mm. and lifestyle facilities so that you can house people coming in from all over Australia who, you know, come to work on Australian films and international ones. They often have to put themselves up to be able to do it because, you know, you've got to gather people from all over Australia.
2: Yeah. And crews are huge. Yeah. In order to pull off these feats of cinema, you know, it's not just a couple of people it's like no. sometimes 1200 crew yeah so having
3: having these facilities is incredible
2: mm. Plus, two nearby backlots with varying vistas will further enhance the appeal for international productions with 1,500 private acres of woodland and farmland sitting atop the Great Dividing Ranges, as well as Bonneville Golf Resort with mansion-like accommodation, which is surrounded by rainforest. So, there's also coastal beach access, basically every kind of landscape you could want within arm's reach. Yeah, it's
3: perfect. Yeah. It will also reportedly take into account all of the latest environmental techniques that can apply to such a project, including solar, wind, Mm. geothermal power, as well as water conservation and redistribution around the site and involve the foundation of a new animation business.
2: That's awesome. So exciting. That is really exciting. And I just love that part of this story is that they're being environmentally conscious and Mm. and setting this up in the right way uh, in a resourceful, uh, sustainable way. Which is important. 12 Mighty Orphans debuted to critical acclaim at the Tribeca Film Festival. It follows the story of the Mighty Mites, the football team of a Fort Worth orphanage who became unlikely Texas state champion contenders (laughs) and inspire America during the Great Depression.
3: The movie boasts a really impressive cast, including Luke Wilson, Martin Sheen and Robert Duvall. No word on the Australian release date just yet, but I really can't wait to see this film.
2: The pairing of Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall, how good is that? I know. Yeah, and Luke Wilson, he has been underrated. I quite like him oh, as yeah. an actor.
3: Definitely. Cynthia Erivo has set up a remake of the Bette Midler film The Rose, signing on to produce and star in the new movie for Searchlight. This makes me a bit nervous. Why are they remaking The Rose? I
2: don't know. It seems a little bit random i'm intrigued nonetheless the story follows a self-destructive female rock star who struggles to deal with the constant pressures of her career and the demands of those who surround her but while the new production will play homage to the classic film erivo's take on the story is said to pull a contemporary lens on the high price of fame of and that's, course.
3: that's an interesting story in yeah. of itself why do you need to remake a different film Make yeah, an true. original film.
2: Yeah. I mean, this just goes to like the power of IP mm. is unmistakable. If you want to tell that sort of story and one already exists, you may as well just kind of work with that. I yeah. don't know. Is it's it a
3: marketing jumping off point? Is that what it is? I I,
2: I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. It often is. Like, yeah. Let's be honest.
3: Now, Channing Tatum is now attached to Zoe Kravitz's directorial debut titled Pussy Island. Excuse you? How long do you think before they change the name of that movie?
2: (laughs) I hope they don't.
3: I hope they don't either, but you know what studios can get like when they apply the pressure. Mm. The movie is a thriller and follows a clever cocktail waitress who manoeuvres her way into the inner circle of a tech millionaire, played by Tatum, Mm -hmm. and eventually gets brought to his private island for an intimate party, but something isn't quite right on the island. Of course
2: it isn't. Mm. Herein lies the premise of the film. Yeah. (laughs) Shamar Moore joins the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in an undisclosed role. Moore is known for his action roles in series including Criminal Minds and SWAT.
3: Despite a false start, the original Sonic movie ended up being quite successful, didn't it? Mm. It'll be interesting to see if that success can be replicated.
2: Yes, watch this space. Well, I don't know about you, Lee, but I need to take a breath. Me too. This was a Fast and Furious jam-packed episode.
3: It certainly was, and you can see... Past nine in cinemas now.
2: Right now, guys, and buckle up. It is a lot of fun.
3: It is a lot of fun. But that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast.
2: Thank you, guys, so much for listening.
3: We'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast.